Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everyone. My name is Haley. Hi. Uh, hi. Thank you for those who joining us online or in person on this holiday weekend. I'm so glad you're here. I am one of the teaching pastors here at Destiny. And normally you probably see me in a blue I can help shirt running around like a crazy person probably in the lobby. That's me. Hi. Um, I love what I do. Um, and if you're here last Sunday night for our Destiny celebration, we had our big fireworks celebration. It was an awesome community event. I loved it so much. But if you happen to see a black Jeep get stuck on a curb and like eight people helping them off that curb, that was not me. Yes, it was my Jeep. But was I driving it? No, that was my husband, just so you know. Love you. Uh, and it's a two-wheel drive, so it's not a legitimate Jeep, and it does not go over curbs. So there's that. But thank you to the people who helped us out. I just personally like to get stuck in pastor's backyard. That's my personal preference. That's for another time. If you want to just ask me about that story, we'll save that for another time. So I'm not here to give you advice about vehicles or parking. So, But um, I'm just happy to be here today. And let's just pray before we start. God, just thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for every person who is here. I know they are here for a reason. Thank you for this message that you have given me. And I know I'm the person who needs to share this message today, Lord. So I just pray that we open up our ears and hearts to what you have to say, Father. I'm just a vessel here, Lord. And I just want to do what you want to do, Father. So I just pray that we're vulnerable and open to what you have to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, today, we're in our algorithm series, um, but my title is, if you're taking notes, we have note cards, or you can take it on your phone, whatever you prefer, um, but my title is, You've Won the Battle, and I've actually used this title before, but this is over something completely different, and it's crazy, you know, tomorrow is 4th of July, we're celebrating our independence, our freedom, and I did not plan this for that reason, but I am speaking today about the freedom in your mind, the battle that goes on in your mind. And I, so that means anxiety, depression, intrusive thoughts. We're going there today, so buckle up, be ready. And I was like, God, do I have to speak about that? He said, yes, you do. I was like, but really? He's like, yes, you do. You need to go there. And you know, oftentimes, it's hard for people, especially in church, to even admit when they're walking through those things. They don't even want to say those words out loud because they have this shame. And I just pray today, you know, you don't need to be ashamed of what you walk through in your life. Mental health is so important, and depression is at the all-time high right now. And I'm so sad and heartbroken of constantly hearing of how many people are taking their lives because they don't think they can get through it. Pastors, leaders, anybody... And so that's why I'm talking today about this. And we're going to start out in Galatians 5, 7 through 8. It says, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. It said, you were running the race so well. I'm not a runner. That was my husband. I don't like to run, except when I chase my children. But... Um, I just, there was times when I would 
try to go running, and it was only when, like, cars were paying attention, and then when they'd go away, I'd stop running. But you know when, like, <laughs> being honest here, uh, when you're running, you know, you get to that point where you're just going, you're like, okay, this is awesome, and then it gets hard, and then you get distracted. Something can distract you. And it says, you are running it so well. And I've never made it to the point of, like, the runner's high where you just feel free. I haven't made it to that point, but I know that's a real thing. And you just feel free and you just keep going. But it says, who has held you back from following the truth? And there's, I have a blank on there. It says, who has held you back from following the truth? And this is for you to answer and only you. Is it the enemy? Is it yourself? Is it others? Maybe things that have been spoken over you? Maybe past mistakes? Who has held you back from following the truth? Because it certainly isn't God. And oftentimes we're like, God, why'd you do this to me? It isn't him. He has called us to complete and true freedom. But in order to be free, you have to believe that you're free. And so in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Some of you are probably getting anxious to the fact that I'm even saying anxiety out loud. I might say it a couple more times to make you know, squirm. It says, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It says all of your anxiety, not part of it. I think if when you go to a doctor, like say if you hurt your knee or something, you go to the doctor expecting to get, you tell them where the source of the problem is, if it was your knee, and you want to be fully healed. You don't say, hey, doctor, just partially, you know, fix me. You want to be fully healed. And it's the same with their mental health. For some reason, we're afraid to surrender that to God. We just, uh, Pastor Tabitha took the kids to kids camp, and they were sharing some stories about these physical healings that they experienced. And it was amazing. When you go to God and you pray for a physical healing, you go to the source of the problem. You say, this is what I want healed. And it's the same if you're battling things in your mind. But you have to be willing to be open and honest and vulnerable with God. No, this is what I'm really just struggling with. I'm here to say I am all for therapy. It's awesome. It's great. I promise. But, and I'm all for doctors and there's resources as a medicine. I'm for that physically as well. We go to the doctor if you physically want to get healed. But I also believe in the healing power of God. And he can fully heal you. But you have to be willing to want to get healed. You have to be willing to admit the problem in the first place and not to be ashamed. Because I have been there. I'm, I feel terrible that I've even lived, this, lived like this before in the past. I used to think, oh my goodness, you can just get through it. Oh, and I'm so sorry. I apologize. But my younger self used to just think, okay, they're weak. That is a lie from the enemy. No one wakes up one day and says, I want to be depressed. I want to be overly anxious. No. And that's why it says, cast all of your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. He doesn't want you to sit in it. He doesn't want you to stay there and stay stagnant. He wants you to be completely whole and completely free. And this word for my year that God has given me, you know, we have our New Year's revelation, and my word of the year was, be still. You know, Psalms 4610, be still and know that I'm God. But how many of you know when God gives you a word, the enemy likes to try to attack it. Like he already knew what I was going to be going through this year. And my word is be still. 
and I have been the most anxious I have ever been. I'm a calm person, but I've been the most anxious I have ever been in my entire life. I was like, Lord, next year I've already decided my word is busy because maybe it'll be relaxed. But God knew what I was going to be facing. That's why he wanted me to declare that every single day, be still and know that I am God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him with those issues and their struggles that you're going with because he cares so much for you. And then we're going to read through Matthew 22 through 34. And I've just been praying and rehearsing these scriptures this past couple of weeks. And it says, I just want you to listen to the word of God. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Don't they plant or harvest or store food in barns? For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Don't they, they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. And what I love about this, and when it says in the beginning, it says your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, it's filled with darkness. It makes me think when you're trying to get healthy, you know, physically, you, put, you eat healthy food and you start to feel better. What are you watching? What are you putting into your mind? What are you spending your time? I notice there's times when I'm like really, I'm anxious. And I'm like, I'm going to distract myself with social media. Here, let me go. Worst decision ever. I think scrolling's gonna make it, but in those times when I'm anxious and I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed out, those are the moments I need to dive into my, the word of God, not be scrolling to find out what someone else is saying this week on social media and to get more stressed and more overwhelmed. And I'm not anti-social media, but even this week I had to just turn it off to truly focus on what God's trying to say. And it also says you can't serve two masters and it's speaking about money too, but it made me think about people. As a person, I've talked about this many times. Hello, fellow people pleaser. Uh, 
working on it. God's working on all of us. Um, I'm a nine, peacemaker at, at heart. I, you know, want everyone to get along. Let's be friends. But um, <laughs> you can't serve two masters. We are called to serve others, but God is the one, the main priority. He is the one who's supposed to be first. And I've found myself thinking, okay, I'm doing this for others. I'm doing this to serve them when on all actuality, I'm putting these people's opinions above God. Thinking, I'm calling it, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I'm serving them. No, you're putting them above God. What does God have to say about that? Stop letting the people's opinion dictate the way you live for the Lord. It's what he says. And oftentimes, like I said, we'll be scrolling on social media. We see this opinion. You go down a little bit. You see this opinion. And it's so easy to get swayed. It's what God says. So why are we living trying to just worry about what everyone else is going to think? When you fully strip, uh, step into who you have been called to be, there are going to be people who are not going to like you. There's going to be people who are against you. There are going to be people who have opinions. We are all opinionated here. So you have to learn to put those opinions aside and know that God's opinion is the biggest and the most priority. And okay. it is so true. Amen to that. But it says, why do you have so little faith? I've had to ask myself that, Haley. In those moments when you've been so broken, why have you had so little faith? He cares for you. I just feel like I just, someone needs to hear that today. He cares for you. Stop being ashamed. Stop being ashamed. Today's troubles is enough for today. There's always so many things that we can focus on. Put those distractions aside and say, God, what do you want me to focus on? Where are you trying to take me? He wants us to be all who he's called us to be. He doesn't want us just to merely exist. We have one life. He wants us to truly live and to walk in true freedom, true faith. And I wanted to, I didn't want to share this, but you know, God. But um, I have come from a family of just severe dysfunction. I mean, we're all a little dysfunctional, let's admit it, right? No one's perfect, but severe dysfunction. And I know people who battle depression really well. And one of those people is actually my mother. And I'm not saying this for pity in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying this to share my journey with you guys, and it's made me the woman who I am today, and I'm thankful for everything. But my mother battles severe depression, not always, but it got to the point, you know, she grew up in the day and time where you don't admit when you have struggles. You don't even say the word depression out loud. That is fake. And her depression got so bad, instead of admitting the fact that she was actually struggling with it, she fell into addiction, a pill addiction. She tried to cope, you know? Let's hide from God and just try to cope with other things. And then when she fell into a severe addiction. And then it got so bad 
that she went to starvation because she did not want to be alive. She was in the hospital for four months in an ICU for a couple months because she didn't want to be here. She didn't want to deal with it anymore. It was too hard. And still to this has been for the past 10 years of my life. And I normally expect every single month I'm going to get a phone call. Okay, this mom tried to take her life this week. And she's still walking in that severe depression. And I know I still, like I said, I serve a God. And I know he is all powerful. And I know there is still hope for her even when she doesn't believe there is any hope. But the one thing that she wasn't able to admit is that she was actually walking through it. She still can't tell you that to this day. Do not be ashamed of what you battle. Do not be ashamed of what you walk through just because others are so opinionated and naive and rude and are just going to say things to you. It's not worth others' opinions because it says God cares for you. And this was the real part I didn't want to admit until Miss Kyra Ray over there was uh, praying for me before uh, worship. I've been battling this and wrestling with God like, uh, Lord, do I really want to talk about this? I've walked through it. I'm past it. So yes, I know I need to talk about it. And it's something only my husband knows and maybe one other person. But God said, if you want to be, talk about the hard things and you want others to be open and honest and vulnerable, you have to be willing to go there yourself. Don't sit there and be fake. People are over fake Christians. They're over people just dressing everything up. And I told you my mom walked through all of these things. And this has been the past 10 years. And I spent the whole time afraid. I even, I got rebaptized before I even had my children, before I got married to my husband, knowing that my kids will not have to deal with the same generational curses that my family walked through. And I believe that. But the enemy will try to slip in and change that. I've always been the stability for my family. When things are tough, I just keep moving. Like I said, you always see me running around out there. I like to just go to one thing to the next, keep moving. Don't be still, don't sit there in quiet or silence because then you have to be real and honest and vulnerable. And I had my son, he'll be two in August, my uh, little crazy wild second child. I love him so much, but man, they are built differently. <sighs> They are. I actually have a lock on my fridge because he wakes up at, <laughs> yeah, my first son, mommy, I can't do this myself, please go get it for me. I'm like, you are five, go get it yourself. My uh, one-year-old, he, it's like 4 a.m. and he walks out, uh, eggs are everywhere. All of a sudden he comes in with two pieces. He calls it pika, pizza. He's like, pika, pika, mama. Like, it's 4 a.m., what are you doing? <sighs> Anyways, he's just very independent and very brave, and he has no fear, and I do for him. So, but um, he was my miracle baby. He was my rainbow baby. I had a miscarriage before that. I struggled with some infertility, and 
I prayed for him. I cried over him. And when I had him, I was in so much joy, so happy that I had this miracle baby. But the one thing I never wanted to admit, like I said, I got past it. I struggled with some postpartum depression. Ooh, first time you say it out loud to a whole group of people. Anyways, uh, I struggled with postpartum depression, and I was so ashamed. I have my miracle baby. No. And you go to the doctor, you go to your pediatrician, and they always ask, like, the moms, too, like, how are you doing? <laughs> let's lie. Let's lie. Let's not check these boxes. Um, I felt so ashamed. How dare you? You prayed so hard for this baby. What a terrible mother. You're going to be just like, this is just the lies of the enemy. You're going to be just like your mother. You're going to leave your kids. How dare you? All lies of the enemy. And I was so ashamed to even admit it to God. I kind of tried to in the beginning, try to admit it to my husband, but I was even afraid to say it out loud. And then finally, God just spoke to me. Like in that song, in your moment of despair, in your moment of brokenness, he said, hey, just call it what it is. He's like, but I want to set you free from it. So I was finally able to admit it to God. And then I was able to be open and honest with myself and not be ashamed of it anymore. And then I was able to go to my husband and let him know. And God set me free from it. And looking back at it now, I, I'm like, why was I so ashamed I could have helped so many people that probably have walked through the same thing. So many women, so many mothers. Men or women, if you're struggling with something, it's not your fault. It's those moments that I was just like, God, this is what I'm really walking through. He just took my hand and he says, I want to be there with you. I want to set you free. I want you to have complete and total freedom in your mind. Those intrusive thoughts those lies of the enemy when your mind sometimes, if you're an overthinker like me, and it just keeps on running and running and running and running, and then you're trying not to think about the thoughts that you're trying not to think about. <laughs> I just started to, every night, I actually go to bed to worship music. Every single night. Just to put it, what, like, what are you feeding into your mind? What are you watching? Like, sometimes maybe it's time that you just need to shut off for a couple months from social media. Maybe it's time where you just need to Dive in deeper to the word, even when you don't feel like it. Be honest with God. He's trying to take us to that next level. He's trying to take us deeper, but you have to be real. And in those moments of realness and rawness, it's uncomfortable. But I don't want you to get to the place where you think that you can't get past it, where you think you're going to give up. Because he hasn't given up on you. I sometimes feel like I have, but I haven't. He hasn't given up on my mom. Even when I feel like I might give up at some times, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know anymore. He still hasn't given up. Nobody is too far gone. So don't think that. Don't believe that. Because in 2 Samuel 22 through 4, he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. 
My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. From violent people, you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. He is your rock and your fortress. He wants to save you. He wants to help you, but you have to be willing. I feel, I just picture him like, you know, lending his hand and you're just too terrified to give it to him. And he just wants to take it. In those moments when I was, felt like I couldn't get out, that I was drowning. And those moments when I'm like, Lord, why am I panicking over this? Why are these thoughts here? Why am I walking through this depression, God? Why am I having a panic attack that boxes are in a corner, that there's like stacked up? Sorry, husband, that you had to walk through that. Why am I going through all of this? And he said, it's because you hid from these things for so long. You know, we all have these different things that we walk through in our life. I have different traumas than you have. We all have different childhoods, and there's things that I've just hid from for so long, I buried deep down so far, that I thought, okay, that'll eventually go away. Until it got to the point that I'm 33 years old, that it eventually caught up to me. Don't hide from your problems. Bring them to God. He's not afraid of them. You might be, but he's here to work with you. And in 2 Samuel 22, 7, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. In my distress, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. He hears you. There was a moment I was going through stuff in my life, and it was pastor. He didn't even know what I was walking through. This was probably about eight years ago or so. And he said, he called me out. The, word spoke, the Lord spoke to him. He said, Haley, in those moments, he heard your cry. And I remember there was this time, me and God have it out sometimes. I don't know about you, but uh, we have some conversations. And uh, especially in my vehicle, uh, all the time, people probably think I'm a crazy person. But there's this moment, I'm just in my car and I'm just crying out to him. I'm like, you don't even hear me. I'm not even worthy enough for you to listen to. I'm never going to get past this. And then about two weeks later, pastor said that he hears your cry. He hears you. Maybe you've struggled with that this past month or so, and you're like, God, he doesn't even hear me. Maybe you've had a diagnosis or something, you're like, he's not there for me. He doesn't hear me in this moment of weakness. He hears you. I promise In 2 Samuel 22, 33 through 37, it says, It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You 
Make me your saving help for my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles don't give way. And I looked up, I was like, it says, he makes you like the feet, he makes my feet like the feet of deer. And so I said, what is the significance of deer feet? And it says, it provides a cushion and attraction on harder surfaces. Listen to this. It provides a cushion and attraction on harder surfaces. When a deer bounds down on an embankment on a worn trail, the sharp outer hooves, they dig into the bare soil of the, on the trail for traction. They dig down deep. But God, it's saying he wants your feet like deer feet. He, wants, he provides that cushion for you on those harder surfaces. He wants you to dig down deep in those moments when you feel like you don't even have the strength to stand up. My title is you've won the battle. I think of people, I'm not one who fights people. Don't try because I would probably lose. But uh, you've won the battle and specifically the battle in your mind. When you go to a battle, you're not going to go like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to this fight and uh, think I'm losing. No, you go to a battle knowing that you're thinking that you're winning the battle. If I knew, I say I would probably lose a fight, but if it came to my children, if someone in the moment was trying to attack or steal my children, that's a totally different story. I, if someone was trying to steal my children, I wouldn't go up to them like, oh no, don't take my kids. No, I would go to them knowing that I'm gonna win this battle because you're not taking my children. It's the same thing, physically, spiritually, mentally. If you want to believe that you won the battle, you have to go up to the battle knowing that you have won the battle. You need to look that enemy right in the eye and tell him, I have won the battle over this depression. I have won the battle over my anxiety, over those intrusive thoughts. They do not hold me captive anymore. They're not going to keep me in this house to where I'm too afraid to even go out of it. Whatever the enemy has spoken over you is a lie. A lie. And God is your rock and your fortress, and he wants you to have a feet like a feet of deer. He's trying to provide that cushion. He wants you to bear down deep. But you have, he provides the strength. When you don't even have the strength, he provides that strength for you. When you feel like you're too weak, that your ankles are gonna give out, that you're exhausted, that you're overwhelmed, that I just can't do it anymore, he gives you the strength that you need. And I'm actually gonna call the worship team up right now. This made me think, and I was talking about how the deer, they dig their feet down deep in the soil. And just recently, you know, after I walked through all my stuff, you know, spoke to my husband, got through that, he told me, he goes, you need a hobby. I was at first, I was like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Something other than the church, other than your children. And as a mom, sometimes, or mom, dad, whatever, you can lose yourself and your kids sometimes and you forget you're a human being too. And never did I think that my hobby was going to be gardening. <laughs> uh, I've never, we just recently moved, and I lived in this one house for seven years. I mean, I like the lawn mode, but I ne my mother-in-law is like the queen of all gardening. And she planted some things, and I never 
did anything to them. Let's just say they died. I was like, I don't have a green thumb at all. I didn't even try to replant them because I was too terrified to even try. I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. But I moved to this new house and we have a lot more yard and all these gardens. And I'm like, okay. And the lady who lived there before, she had some amazing things that were planted. So I was like, I'm going to try this. And I began to ask my mother-in-law some questions about gardening. And then I went and just, you know, bought the stuff. I spend way more time at Lowe's now than I do Target. And that's a problem. Uh, But I started it, and I'm just outside. I turn my worship music on, and it's a learning process. I'm learning all these things, because when it comes to plants, they uh, need to be in the right environment. The atmosphere needs to be right. You know, some things are full sun. Some things are partial sun. Some things are full shade. Some things are partial shade. Like, oh, okay, you need to water this more. You need to water this less. They all need something different in order to thrive, in order to survive. And at first, I noticed some plants were dying, and I could have easily just been like, okay, let me just dig it up and, you know, and throw it out. And one thing my mother-in-law did tell me, she says, when you get the plant, you know, they have the roots. But before you bury it, the roots down deep, because you got to dig a big hole, you need to spread the roots. Pull apart the roots so they can spread more. And so I began to do that. And she said, you also can, as long as you have the root, if you need to move your plant to a different place, you can. But you have to have the root. You always need the root. But I had these plants that were dying, and I'm like, oh, no, I've already failed. And so one t- there's the back of my house, I thought that it got more I thought it had more shade than it did and actually had more sun. So this one plant needed um, more shade. And so it was not thriving at all. It was completely dead. And I'm like, oh no, I could have just like grabbed that plant, dug it up and throw it in the trash and gave up. And like, well, I failed. I don't have a green thumb. But I was like, I'm going to try something else because plants, they need to be in, listen to this. They need to be in the right environment and the atmosphere needs to be right in order to thrive. So I dug that plant up and I moved it over to where there was more shade, to where it was in the right environment. I put some fresh soil and I watered it. And the next day, that thing looked like a completely different plant and it was thriving. I want you to hear me when I say this. Maybe right now you don't feel like you're thriving. You're just merely surviving and you're giving up. Don't give up. Maybe you're just not feeding yourself enough. Maybe you're in the wrong environment, the wrong atmosphere. And it's the time to get out of that toxic situation. Maybe it's a toxic job, whatever it is, it's time to remove yourself in order to thrive, in order to be who God has fully has called you to be. And also there's some plants that you can just pull apart. I've learned you can just pull off some of the dead leaves and new leaves begin to bloom. It's time to shed off those dead leaves. God's wanting you to bloom and to be who he's called you to be. He wants you to thrive. He doesn't really just want you to merely survive. 
but you have to not give up on yourself. I'm watering these plants every single day, especially in this Oklahoma heat. (sighs) I'm literally checking it. Like my kid comes out and helps me. I'm like, plant mom over here, checking it, checking it, making sure it survives. You have to check in on yourselves, not just others. You need to check in on you. How are you truly doing today? We're so worried about others that we forget we are just as important. When my husband saw that I was struggling, he had to check in on me. How are you doing? And I had to be honest with him. And I told you, I felt like God really wanted me to share this message today. And I didn't want to because it's uncomfortable. But I felt like there's some people here that need to be free from depression that need to be free from anxiety, that need to be free from those intrusive thoughts because it's been crippling them. It's been holding them back. And they're afraid to fight in that battle because they feel like they don't even have the strength anymore. So that's why I'm here trying to make myself uncomfortable, not just for myself because I felt like God said you are gonna be free too. So in this moment, I question this oftentimes. I was like, Lord, please, no. I felt like God told me, I saw my mother-in-law has all these birds in this bird cage. And this is what I pictured. I just pictured, you know, some of you might feel like you're caged in like you've been held in a box and you can't get out or you've been held in a cage and you just, you can barely breathe, you can barely get out. And you're like, I just wanna be free, God. I just wanna get my head above water. I just want out. But all you needed to do is let someone open up the cage for you. Let someone open up the door so you can be released and be free. And I just saw this image of these birds just being released and being free. And that's what I felt like today. But in order to be free, you have to be honest. Honest with God, honest with yourself, and honest with others, and it is uncomfortable. So in this moment, I felt like God asked me to ask any of you, oh, it's uncomfortable even asking it, if any of you have been walking through depression have had, had maybe severe anxiety, intrusive thoughts. Maybe you've been to that point where you just felt like you've been caged in and you can just barely breathe and you want to be completely f- uh, free, completely whole to stand to your feet and saying, God, I don't care what people think of me. The shame is off of me. I just want to be completely free. I just want to be all who you have called me to be, Lord. I just speak that the depression will be lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. Those moments of darkness will be lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the light. Come on, let's just stand together. I don't, let's just all stand. Lord, you are the light of the world. And we are called to be the light of the world. But in order to be the light, we have to be real. Lord, over every single person here, Father, whatever situation it is, I just declare freedom. Freedom. 
freedom, Father, to be all you have called us to be, Lord. I just pray when we, whatever battle that we face, that we will go to that battle knowing that we already won because we have you on our side and that is all we need. And that we will stand with our head held high. We will stand like the feet of the feet of dear Lord with our feet buried down deep in the soil knowing that we're going to overcome this. Right now there might be so much darkness but we will overcome this because we will have light Lord, I just pray that we just surrender our arms to you, Father. We open up our hearts, Lord, before we even step into worship, God, singing the song, you are worthy of my song. I also pray that we believe that we are even worthy enough to praise you because we are. That shame has been lifted. We are worthy to lift our hands. It doesn't matter what our past is like. It doesn't matter what we're walking through. We are worthy to praise you, Father. So I just pray as we go into this worship song, Father, that we just give you our all. With our hearts open and abandoned to who you have called us to be, Lord. We're breathing in fresh air. We're gonna walk out of here where we can truly breathe. Your presence is in this place, Lord. And I want to get off the stage, but for some reason I feel like I'm supposed to stand here still. I'm just gonna sit in your presence for a moment, Father. going to declare that again. Freedom. Freedom. Chains have been broken, Father. Freedom. Shame has been broken. Freedom. Freedom. Nobody has been bypassed or overlooked, Father. Freedom. You are worthy of our song. Jesus' mighty name, amen.